go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You always think the league Newcastle Welcome back to another episode of League Castle Lockdown. We are joined by another guest this evening. Uh, tonight's guest, uh, he's been at a few clubs around the Newcastle Rugby League and success has followed him as he's gone around. Uh, he's played at Lakes, Souths, West, Maitland, and he's now been at Curry for a couple of years. And uh, it's my understanding that's where he'll continue on. Uh, He's, uh, as I said, had a lot of success following him and won plenty of titles. Jay Porter, welcome. I was going to say welcome to the show, but welcome back. You've been with us before. Yeah, mate. Um, had a chat before, but, um, you know, good to be on the show. Thanks for having me. No worries. Uh, always like to have you back, mate. You're always uh, good good for a good chat and a good story. So uh, when we reached out to the Curry boys and, and Mitch suggested yourself, I was quite happy to try and engage you, mate. So we're glad to have you on the show. Uh, I guess for those that, you know, a lot of people will know you from around the uh, Newcastle Rugby League traps. I said you've played a couple of clubs there and had some success. Take us back a little bit further and, and talk to us about, you know, where you grew up and, and how you end up in Newcastle. Uh, yeah, um, I grew up in a, a small country town called Moree, about an hour from the Queensland border, um, six hours, six and a half hours from the coast. Yeah, I grew up playing my footy up there, um, played all my junior league with um, a local junior league side, Moree Junior Rugby League, and then I... Moved on and played um, under 18s um, for the Maori Bulls, and you know, I was lucky enough to play um, first grade out there, and you know, win a premiership. You know, um, with some few play, a few great names like uh, Ewan McGrady and Jason Darcy. You know, there's a few boys I think played NRL. Um, yeah, and then um, one day, mate, I decided I wanted to take my footy career a little bit, you know, to the next level, and decided to move to Newcastle in 2000 and end of 2005. So it started 2006. Yep. So, and, and, and when you moved down, was that sort of uh, sight unseen? What, what was the plan? Did you have a connection to any of the clubs or a foot in the door? Or how did you take up your footy from there once you made it to Newcastle? Oh, I didn't really um, didn't really have any um, connections um, with any clubs, but I got my got my first start out at uh, Maitland. So that was my first club when I moved down in 2000, 2006. And um, I was probably a little bit unlucky that year because, the year before playing in Moree, I was um I got suspended in the semi final and I got four weeks, but my um suspension couldn't start down here until the comp started back up home, so I missed like eight games. So I'd done the whole preseason out at Maitland, and yeah, I missed eight games, and yeah, it was it was torture, mate. Like trying to do the preseason and not getting rewarded at the end of the week of playing. Yeah, but yeah, um, that was my first club out at Maitland Pickers, and then I moved on. Um, out the lakes, so I went out the lakes in uh, 2007, 2008, and then I went into South Newcastle, yep. 2009, and then yeah, I went back to went back to Maitland Pickers where it all started, mate. Yep, you had some success obviously at Maitland, and then a couple of years there, and then down to West for some some success as well, mate. Yeah, I, I stayed at um stayed at Maitland for three years. Um, I was lucky enough to go back to back out there. Um, you know, one one back to back. They were previously they were kicked out of the comp, I think, or was unfinancial in the competition in, you know, one year. And then the following year, they got a heap of players back. And, you know, it was that in the preseason in 2010. And we sort of started gathering a really good team. And, you know, and then we started signing the likes of, like, um, Mick Moore and then Billy Towers come on board. And then we had the likes of PJ Ellis and, 
you know, Gavin Quinn, Joel Osborne. Um, yeah, we had a pretty pretty good side, and then you know we ended up going finished. I think they finished second last or something or last maybe, and then we went and finished minor premiers and yeah, won won the premiership in 2010 and turned around and done it back to back. So yeah, it was a great time up in Maitland. It was certainly a a, a star-studded lineup, and and you know when you've got a team starting with uh, Porter and Moran in the halves, it's a, it's a pretty good platform. As you said, you had some good strike outside backs and some. Uh, seasoned forwards and just you know ge- genuine. Uh, I mean, a guy like PJ can play pretty much anywhere on the field, so and is an asset to any team. So there was some some fair talent in that side. Yeah, we had a we had a, um, a pretty good roster out there, mate. Um, Noly Dent done a great job to get the roster that he had, and you know you look back back in 2010 and 11. That's when all the players were starting to come back from the NRL and that. So our competition, you know, we weren't playing no muds. We were playing some you know pretty good footy teams back then, and yeah, I guess that. You look back and have a look at the success that we had in 2010 and 11. Is you know we had a great bunch, and I always say this: we had a great, great bunch of blokes that enjoyed being around each other. And you know, like we just um, we get to the footy every week. You know, our wives and girlfriends. You know, they enjoyed being around each other. We had kids that were all the same age, so it was just like a big family affair, and it was it was great. You know, and it made our footy so much easier when you when you got stuff like that around you. Yeah, you then had a bit of a change, mate, and moved moved down close closer to the coast with uh, West at Harker there, and uh, again, as, as we said, some success followed. How was that time? Yeah, um, I, I was. Um, I tried to get to West in 2012, but it didn't work out, and I ended up staying an extra year at Maitland, and was unlucky with the three peat. And yeah, and I was lucky enough to get down to West in 2013, and you know, my my um, my year wasn't really good. I was I was rattled with a few injuries, and um, what. One, I got in the um, in the preseason. I was messing around in the front yard with my kids, and I just rolled my foot over a soccer ball and done my knee, and you know that just played havoc for you know the whole year. But was lucky enough again, you know, to have a good roster in there, and we we won the premiership that year. Finished minor premiers and won the premiership, and then yeah, went on again to go back to back, and you know had another. I got the opportunity to have another crack out of free peat, but yeah, we fell short, mate. Yeah, and then um, as we touched on at the start, mate, you're now Curry's the new home. You've been there for a little bit. Um, some injuries have seen you miss a few games, but uh, you're uh, undoubtedly looking forward to getting back on the paddock, hopefully at some stage, either this year or at worst next year, and uh, maybe continuing that success pattern that you've had and uh, helping Curry break their drought. Yeah, mate, um, I was, um, you know, I ended up being at West a couple more years and we won the reserve grade grand final and then, yeah, moved on to Curry in 2018 and, you know, I really... My time at Curry's been great. Um, it really takes me back to, to understanding why you ro- uh, love rugby league. You know, it reminds me so much of Maitland because, you know, as a small club and a small community, like Curry don't have much, but, you know, their rich history in the footy, like, it just, it's a driving force out there, mate, and it makes you want to play footy with the, you know, the community and the club out there. So, yeah, I've been out there for three years now and, you know, I really enjoy my time. Um, you know, probably a little bit unlucky that we... It got put back this year, but yeah, I can't wait to get back on the park, mate. Yeah, no, mate. Um, I know we've seen uh, plenty of your training uh, on Facebook. Those that are friends with you on there, and, and we'll get into that in a little bit, mate. But I guess off the field too, mate. You live a very, very uh, full-on life. Uh, you, your hands full there, yourself and your lovely wife running uh, the uh, Kirinari Hostel. Yeah, mate. Um, been here for about um, twelve years now. So uh, twelve years. I started off as a as a youth worker and sort of. Uh, worked my way up to the top, and now me and my wife manage um, Kiranari. Um, been managers for four years. Um, 
it's a place where in, um, Indigenous kids come down from the bush or remote communities and, you know, just come down for a crack at, you know, like a better life and school or sports. But um, our main prior- uh, priority is education. So we've got 12 that we look after, year 7 to year 12. And, yeah, it's a, it's a big job, mate. Um, you know, it's, um, I, I really thank the parents for, you know, showing faith in me and the wife and sending the boys down to us because it's a massive job, man, trying to look after boys and get them off to school and you know homework assignments and trying to keep them fit and healthy you know so yeah it's, it's a good job mate I really enjoy it it's rewarding yeah hopefully it'll stay here for a couple of more years and you know see see some um some more greats come through we've had some some um, really good footballers come through here like Greg Inglis Tamana Toe the great Ash Gordon um Tyron Roberts Jesse Raymond you know just to name a few mate some talents come through this place. Yeah, it certainly has, and and I, I um often see when you know visiting teams are in town that, that those guys that have been through the works before or are connected to those guys quite often come and pop in and see the boys through things that you do there, which is great to see, and obviously great to see footy being used as as another sort of engagement tool for those kids who are you know trying to trying to make their better life down here, um, mate. And on top of that, you've got a decent brood of your own as well, uh, on top of the kids that you're looking after with Kirinari. Yeah, mate. Um. I've got five kids of my own, so um, yeah, we've got um, three boys and two girls, and just recently become a pop, so probably one of the youngest pops going, um, two-week-old grandson, so yeah, very excited about that. We haven't met him yet, but can't wait to meet him. Once this virus is over, we might do a quick trip up to Moree and check him out. Yeah, I did see that, mate, and congratulations. Um, obviously, your eldest having uh, his first, and uh, yeah, very, it'd be very exciting when you can get the chance to go up to Moree and Hopefully go and go and sneak it in before footy season gets underway, allowing that it does. So, um, and uh, I noticed too, uh, watching a lot of your training sessions, mate. Not only the uh, the boarders, but your kids as well get involved with the uh, the uh, porter porter training sessions at different points. And uh, it seems that sport sport and, and active lifestyle is a big way of life for you and the family. Yeah, that's it, mate. Um, you know, just with the lockdown that's happening at the moment, just try and keep their you know their mind active. Um, you know, we're, we're probably pretty fortunate over here where we are at Kirinari. We've got a, you know, a gym and a games room and a full-size tennis court. So, you know, there's a fair bit of space where we are. I don't, I don't think my kids would be able to handle it if we were, you know, locked, locked to a four-bedroom home or something like that and nowhere to go. But, yeah, try and get in and um, train the boys. And we, we've um, got a little whisper that they might be going back to footy, you know, sooner rather than later. And, so, yeah, it's trying to get the boys back in shape. They've um, been home for five weeks, so that's the main plan. All my kids play footy, so they're no different. Try to get them back in shape as well, mate. Yeah, mate, I can imagine uh, after having spent that year with you at Lakes, if they're chips off the old block, uh, they wouldn't do well with being caged up. Nah, <laughs> nah, they don't. my kids hate, hate being inside, mate. They're out, outdoor kids, and, yeah, so are the boys up the back. They, you know, they, they like their downtime, but they also love to get outside. Uh, awesome, mate. So we... Uh, we might move on. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about the training and, and how you're spending your, your isolation time. Um, with with being sort of isolated, mate, uh, is have you you haven't managed to get on your wife's nerves? There's no bad habits that are that are getting getting you in a bit of strife. Oh no, not really. Um, she's put up with me for about 16 years now, so you know it's, every day is a different day for me and her. Um, you know, we work with each other, so we're around each other all the time, and. Yeah, you know, it's probably good. We don't get sick of each other. That's probably the main thing. But yeah, I don't don't um, want to get on the bad side if she starts, mate, because I'm probably the one worst off. <laughs> <laughs> you reckon you come off second best there, mate? 
Oh, yeah, she's got me covered easy. <laughs> she's lovely. I've had a few interactions with her around the footy and stuff, and, and she's a lovely woman, mate. She's got a lot of patience putting up with you for that long, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, and what about from a Curry point of view, mate? How are you guys staying in touch and engaged um, from a, a football club point of view? Is there is there much in the way of group chats and things, or is it just sort of individuals keeping in the loop with each other? Oh, yeah, we've got a, a few individuals that, you know, keep in contact with each other. But, yeah, like every, every other club has, mate, we've got a Facebook page and, you know, our coaching staff and our trainers, strength and conditions, like, keep us in contact with what's going on. And, yeah, it's just, a, you know, it's about trying to do your own thing and staying, staying fit because, you know, if we get the nod and we're good to go or if restrictions, you know, lockdown start a little bit earlier and we get the nod and we're good to go, like, you need to be ready, mate, like, because I don't think we're going to have enough time to do another pre-season. So we probably need to be fit and ready to go. Yeah, 100%. It looks like it's going to be a short uh, pre-season if anyone does get back underway. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of pointers and tips. You've got uh, one of the experienced uh, strength and conditioning guys there, and I know he's putting the boys through a fair bit in the uh, pre-season in the Swede, Steve Dunstan. Yeah, um, pre-season was pretty tough, mate. Um, it was enjoyable, um, but, yeah, tough at the same time. But we, we've done a lot of... You know, a lot of different things, which is, you know, always good. You don't want to be go, going to training and just getting the same stuff tossed at you. But, yeah, pre-season's been pretty tough. And, you know, we played that first trial game. I thought was in pretty good shape. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, we're in lockdown. So that's probably the hardest thing. We, You know, we got so far through the pre-season and was at the start of playing trials. And, yeah, we get locked down. Yeah, and, and just one other thing, I guess, um, and it'd be interesting to get your opinion on this. I know there's been a lot of talk in the press in regards to if there's no crowds that Newcastle Rugby League clubs won't be able to uh, field their their regular teams and the competition won't go ahead. There's also been talk with the Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League that if Newcastle Rugby League doesn't go ahead, that there'd be an opportunity, I guess, for clubs to enter that. Do you think there'd be many sorts of guys at that, Curry that would just be keen to get on the paddock no matter what, so just as long as they can get some footy in this year? Do you think that'd be the prevailing attitude? Yeah, I'm. I'm probably. I'm probably thinking a little bit different to what some other people are. Like, I probably think that it, there needs to be probably at least 14 games, um, and then around that, you probably need to have crowds because when you think about it, if you don't have a crowd coming through the gate, mate, you you know, like your smaller clubs, that that's what pays for their footy yeah. clubs. So, I don't think that you know it'd be ideal if we play 10 10 games and then have no crowds because. You know, a lot of clubs are going to be in the red next year and it's just putting a lot of stress on them, you know, for 2021. So, you know, like it's sort of up in up in the air at the moment. And, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure with the second division competition how that works either. Like if you're allowed to, how many first graders are you allowed to bring back? Or, I, I just think that might beat the purpose of having that the second division comp. Like if you're going to be coming back and stacking, stacking really good teams to play in the second division comp, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like a, it's it's sort of fifty fifty with me at the moment. Like you know, much as I'd love to play, um, yeah, I, I don't think it'd be right if someone comes back and stacks a, you know, like a second division team like with a heap of first grade players. But yeah. you know, I, I don't know what the ruling is around that. So yeah, it'll certainly be interesting. I think that the ruling was around something around contracted players, so it'll be interesting to see how that would play out. But. As you say, the focus has got to be, one, while we do want to get everyone on the paddock, two, it's got to be sustainable. Um, and we don't want clubs going under or struggling in 2021 because they had to pay bills in 2020. And as um, anyone that's been involved with more than one or around a few clubs like yourself, a lot of these clubs run on next to no margin as it is. 
Um, they're not exactly printing money out the back of the uh, grandstand at these grounds. So, um, yeah, certainly crowds will be a, a key figure in, in a lot of teams' consideration. So I guess we'll just watch this space. Um, yeah. In terms in terms of, uh, obviously, it's only been isolation and, and we've sort of put the uh, hypothetical out there. If you were put in lockdown, and we'll start with uh, your current club at Curry, who'd be the best one of your teammates to be locked down with if we're looking at, you know, two or three weeks in lockdown in, in a house? Who'd be the best to be there with? Oh, gee, that's, that's a tough one. Oh, mate, you got me there. Um, I'd have to say Mick Ouchin. I'd like to go lockdown with Mick, Mick Ouchin, the pirate. He's not a player out there, but he's on he's on the committee. And, yeah, I think it's three weeks with Mick, Mick Ouchin. Oh, gee, we'd spin some yarns and tell some stories, I reckon. <laughs> and, and what about um, from former teams? Who'd, who'd be someone that'd be good value from some of the other clubs you've played with? Well, I had a little bit of fun out at Lakes um, I had, back in the day. I, I remember um, Chop, Aaron Morris. Yeah. He, he, me and him used to have we used to have the time of our life out there, you know. We used to tell some stories and yeah, he used to get the boys in stitches out there. So yeah, anyone that can give me a good laugh and spin a yarn with me, and you know, yep. I, I'd go for lockdown with him. I don't mind a spin a yarn. And what, what about what about the worst? And it can be from Curry or from from one of your former clubs. Who'd be the worst to be locked down with for a couple of weeks? Oh gee, the worst I'd probably go in lockdown with would be I reckon Barney Miller. No, I'll take that back. Noly Dent. I'll take that back. Noly Dent. He'd be the worst one to go in lockdown with, I reckon. Noly Dent. Yeah, why, why is he the worst to go in with? Because uh, he's just got heaps of stories and you don't know if, he, if he's telling lies or if he's telling the truth. So, But, yeah. He does. He does, he does love a chat and a story. I remember I, I uh, ran into him at East Maitland last year because uh, he's coaching the Griffins, obviously. And, um, a couple of t- players had to actually come out and grab him. I was there to do commentary. I had to come out and grab him and say, you're going to run our warm-up because he's too busy chewing my ear off instead. So he's a great man, though, Noly Dent. He's done a lot of good stuff in local footy and uh, does have a lot of stories. But like you say, doesn't mind adding a little bit of salt to some of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he loves loves the story. Yeah, <laughs> Noly Dent for sure. And and what about, um, so in terms of while you're in lockdown or isolation, mate, um, what are you? Are you, a, are you a movie watcher? Do you get into podcasts, books? Listen to a bit of music. What's what's the go for you? Oh, mate, um, I've got a good story about that. Actually, um, we went in, we went in the lockdown the first first um, here on the first or started, and the wife went and brought her GTV, and then she started watching all these Netflix series, and then yeah, it, it just got too long, so we watched the first three series or episodes, whatever they're called, and then because it was just dragging on, she flicked through all the way to the last one, and yeah, so that that turned me off watching anymore. So I don't want to watch any more um, Netflix. I'm going to train, so. Yeah, probably spend more time now out in the gym and uh, and running than I do watching TV series, mate. Yeah, and and back to the I guess people to be locked down with, mate. Um, who who do you reckon would be the best out of the current NRL crop to be locked down with? You know, you oh, know a few of those boys from your time around the traps. Is there any of them that would be good in terms of yarn or a bit of entertainment? A few of the boys have put up Matty Johns obviously because of his yarn, but I thought maybe you'd know you know with some of those boys like uh, you know the Ramians and Tyrone Roberts and those sorts of guys that you've come across in your time. Any of them spin a good story? Nah, I've got no idea, mate. I've got no one who I'd, who I'd go into lockdown with. That's all right, mate. That'd someone probably all be lining up for your someone stories. That, yeah, someone, someone like Fletch and Hindy would be, I reckon they'd be pretty cruisy. Yeah, yeah I think that'd, be, that'd be good value, although you just don't get an Uber with Fletch, I reckon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we might wrap up, mate. We might jump into, there is a few questions, and, and one of them we might start off with him because you talked about him before. Uh, Aaron Morris, Chop, who we both played with out at Lakes, and he's uh, the coach of Belmont South, Rabbitohs at the moment. Uh, he's a good man, Chop, and uh, a very entertaining character in his own right. He's just asked um, if you could, uh, if there's any of your shower stories from back in the Lakes days that you could repeat, or if you just wanted to recap on, on the entertaining times that you and Chop used to have with your shower stories. Oh, yeah, we, 
Yeah, I, I, I used to um, I used to give them a laugh every time after a game. Shower, shower times are the best times, you know. We used to get in there and we used to spin the yarns. But yeah, I used to take off this guy that back home, you know, like used to, you know, have all these stories on it. I used to get the boys, you know, and tell them some of the old stories, and used to have them in stitches, you know. Uh, you know, naked in the shower and just telling some mad shower stories. Yeah, it was pretty funny actually. So yeah, that was. I, I won't go into it too much, but yeah, it was pretty funny. The old shower days at Lake Chop loved it. Mate, um, I, I remember you had your alter ego Les Morgan. I don't know if that's who you're referring to. That used to keep us entertained at no end. Yeah, that, that was one of the characters, Les Morgan. You know, we used to get in the voice and what's your name, mate? Les Morgan, bro. You know, we used to be like stuff like that, and I used to get right into it. But I, yeah. Soaked, soaked up in the shower and tell a yarn. <laughs> that's it. I can remember we'd be at training and we'd hear we'd hear that voice come out and you know a few of the boys would start to wander over because they knew that you were going to spin one of your stories, mate. It was always entertaining. So yeah, mate. Uh, we'll move on now, mate. A couple of boys that you've connected with at Curry that uh, I've got some questions for you. One's uh, Josh Day. First of all, we want to give you a big rap, mate, for all the stuff you do uh, with the juniors when you've been out there at Curry and you are always generous with your time, mate. Obviously, you spend a lot of time around kids with Kiranari and your own family, but. You're, uh, you're, you're big on, uh, from everything I'm hearing and everything I've seen, on, on certainly giving back your time to helping junior kids, you know, fall in love with a game like you have. Yeah, uh, mate, I, I, I enjoy, um, you know, enjoy giving back to kids and that, you know, just all the knowledge and, you know, rugby league that I've learned over the years. It's, you know, it's not hard that you, you put your hand up and you volunteer your time to go down and help out, you know, like a, a coach or a, a team because at the end of the day, like it's, the, co- the coaches don't know everything, mate. It's just a, a, a dad or, you know, like a, vol- a volunteer that's helping out. So if I can go down and pass my knowledge on, you know, and help the coaches out, you know, we're, we're in a win-win out there. So it's good. I enjoyed my enjoyed my time doing that. And, yeah, any, anything, mate, I'll put my hand up for and try and help out with the kids and all that. Yeah, lovely, mate. And he did say, he did want to know who's the best ever strength and conditioning coach he's had and uh, you've had and, and just how good was he? Oh, Josh Day for sure, mate. Josh Day. Yeah, that's the answer that he's looking for, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon. I reckon he is nice and modest there from Josh. And mate, the final one we'll wrap up. He's the uh, he's the stalwart of the Curry Bulldogs, and uh, mate, he's talking talking about age here. So I, I don't know about him throwing questions around a, about age, but it is uh, Campo Mick Campton. He said, "How does it feel to be the oldest but fittest old bloke to be running around in the real NRL?" Oh, you got to stay fit, mate, to keep up with these young fellas. If, you, if you're not fit, they'll just run around you like they do with Campo at training. <laughs> he's got the excuse he wears the 8 or 10 on his back and probably if they run too close to him mate he's happy to swing that arm like he has in a couple of games here and there yeah mate he's not happy to stick he'd be happy to stick that arm out and spend 10 in the bin he like, likes a good rest does Campo a great bloke that's done a lot for Curry and uh, is the heart and soul of that club up there so yeah he's, but he's always an entertaining character with a good laugh too yeah he is old Campo mate we appreciate yeah. your time I'll let you get back to it so we really appreciate you jumping on the show and um, mate Fingers crossed we can see you out there in the red, white and blue uh, in the not-too-distant future. And uh, hopefully, uh, mate, you can you can help Curry uh, with another one of those titles that you've got so many of already. I'm sure that the locals up there would love to see uh, Curry Sports Ground uh, with the uh, Tui's Cup aloft and break that 25-year drought. So, mate, all the best for the season when we do get underway. Uh, look forward to catching up with you around the traps and thanks for your time. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me on. And, yeah, all the best with the podcast and that. And thanks, thanks again. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, mate. We'll talk to you soon. Champion. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. Bye.
That was, of course, Curry Bulldogs player Jade Porter. Uh, again, thanks, Jade, for your time. We really appreciate it. Of course, this episode's been brought to you by Newey Threads, and uh, they do a great job. Make sure to get online and check out their range of clothing uh, lines on their website and give them a like on Facebook. Make sure to jump onto Apple Podcasts as well or Spotify and give us a review. Uh, we really appreciate you taking two minutes just to keep on bumping us up and spreading the work that we do out to the wider rugby league community. Uh, We will be back next week with another guest and uh, we look forward to you listening then.